Bias and JC. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, HR Talk is our pleasure to be back here. I'm JC, co-host of the program. That's Ricky Baez, all the way from sunny Central Florida, on the other end of the call-in line today. Ricky, go ahead and say hi to everyone. Everyone, hello. It's been a while. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Welcome yeah. back. Uh, that's right. All right, the intro's over. 39 seconds. People say we take too long in the intro, so that's done. People say that the program was too long, so we're going to spread out our recordings for you so that you can take a whole friggin' month to listen, get caught up, and then we'll catch up again. Now, we've just yeah. been busy. I've been busy. I've, I've got a lot going on. Um, but it's all been good. Uh, Ricky, you've been quite busy, though, uh, between the speaker circuit getting booked and your client list building up, and you're always at dinner, you know? I mean, you've got a lot going you know, on, man. It's so I, I, I got to tell you, I, um, I lost quite a bit of weight. You know, I was trying for it. And then uh, now that I'm starting to uh, build my client list back up, it is a lot of dinners. It is a lot of breakfast, a lot of lunches, a lot of happy hours. And I'm not going to stand here and say I don't enjoy any of that. But man, it's catching up on me because I know every time you uh, you reach out to me, hey, you got a second? I'm like, I'm at a dinner, brother. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, a lot's been going on. Very busy, but I am not complaining about it. Let's let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. Let's kick you back. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Inspirational quotes with Ricky Bias. <laughs> All right. Leaders. If you and your team survived any of the layoffs you have seen in the past few months, don't forget about the people who you still have with you. Don't forget about them. Is that that's it? it? That's it. That's it. That's the end. Yeah. yeah. That's as simple as that. Don't, don't forget, forget things. <laughs> don't forget about your people. Not things. Well, well but you're in human resources, though, so humans are resources to you, so they're things to you, right? Wow, since you put it that way, yeah, it does sound pretty freaking heartless, yeah. So let's get into that real quick before I Why? move directly into all the amazing plethora of topics that we have. People hate human resources. People hate you. And the reason that they hate you is because you just manage resources that happen to be humans, and you don't care for the individual. If it's time to let people go, you're, you're just going to coldly let them go. You're not going to help them find another job. You you really don't care about them. Oh, it's open enrollment season. Guess what? Uh, just go on the website and figure it out. Well, I can't figure it out. I don't care. You're a resource that's human. Figure it out. The interface is made for humans. That's why they don't like you, right? These are all the things that HR is. Am I wrong? Is this what you got when you type into chat GPT? What is HR? Oh, that's is a big topic to for you? today, but we're not going to get into that <laughs> so. just yet. No, I mean, people, look, I, this is something I've been trying to fix for the past 20 years. I, I HR does have a negative tone to it. 90% of the interactions when I started in this career was negative because right? everything was reactive and negative. I'm not trying to change that. I'm trying to make it more positive, more proactive. So, yeah, people, some people do hate human resources, but some people love it. And that tide is turning. The tides are turning. And the wind of change is rolling in across your bow. (laughs) You're sailing the seven seas of corporate ineptitude. And here you are fighting your way into the C-suite. And now you've made it. Human resources is no longer personnel or the front desk. It's an actual department. And as time has gone by, you've made your way to be a CHP, CFCO, CSCHRO, whatever the acronyms are. <laughs> and now you have so many post-nominals, it makes a doctorate look like they're inexperienced. You could walk into a dressing room, a waiting room, any room, and command that room simply by the power of your post-nominals. But besides that, you bring humanity to the table for 20 years. You are... 
human resources. I am going to advocate that at the end of every school year at Rollins College, for every Master of Human Resource graduate that gets to walk across that state, a recording of that gets played right after the national. Oh, you anthem. don't even have to do that. Just give me a call. I'll I'll give a speech via Zoom. That'll be awesome. No, no, no. I I would no? I would show up in person to give a motivational oh. speech about how to not burn your bridges, how to capitalize <laughs> on technical improvement, and then yeah. summarize the importance of humanity. <laughs> and that's that's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. I know we're six minutes into the program, and I'm kind of on a yeah. soapbox, and Ricky's just along for the ride right now. But listen. Yeah. Yeah, long intro. Yeah. Ricky said it a million times on this show and all the other shows that he gets paid to record. It's the human aspect. <laughs> I know. I just took a shot there. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Those are that. pay for play. This is the real deal, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Over there, you listen to my other show or his other show. We're just paid to say that trash, but this is a real deal. <laughs> so this here, look, it's the H&HR. It's the H and HR. That's what it comes down to. And it you is. said that it you've is. been fighting for that for twenty years. What I do you talk? What, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Like the workplace hasn't caught up? No, it, it's every time at the beginning. Uh, every time I joined the team, it was always it. It was always they took pleasure in telling the business partners no. They always talked about how. It's it's that was just their play, right? How can we go into a meeting, right? And let's let's feel valuable by poking holes into their strategy and telling them all the different ways why they will get in trouble if they go that route. Now, yes, that's what we're supposed to do, but there's a way to do it when you build a relationship and you don't tarnish it. So at the beginning, it was that it was like, hey, let's see, let's see how they're going to get in trouble today, and let's show our worth by showing it to their face and not provide any meaningful solutions. That creates animosity from a business partnership perspective, uh, from the business to HR, and I want to change that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not aware, this is educational, informational, royalty-free. We don't charge to listen to this program. This is real talk and real advice. And with that being said, let's talk a little bit deeper about human resources and the reality of a situation. You really don't give a crap about the people that you serve, do you? They're just a number. What are we talking about? You're putting the H back in HR, and you're going to represent the people, but you've got 3,000. You've got 10. Okay, Google. You had what? 52,000 people, and they all get Slurpees in the morning, and now we're going to cut 16,000 of them. You're telling me that HR at Google, when they laid everybody off over the past few weeks, they actually sat down and said, I know every 16,000 down to the minute detail. I care about their emotions. No. Google is not okay. That. Okay, so Google did not that's, do that. So that's what I want to talk about when we're talking about yeah. a small to mid-sized business and getting to know your people and putting the H in HR. There's something to that. There is absolutely. Yes. So what do you do when when you've got a huge company like Google and you're you're just <laughs> you're you're cutting <laughs> bodies, man? You're letting bodies hit the floor. So you got two hats, right? You have the operational hat that needs to find a really efficient way to do this. And then you have the human hat on that. Like, there's the, These are 12,000 individual lives here, individual careers. So you, you, you have to find that perfect balance. The CEO cannot fly to every single location and have individual conversations. However, if the CEO would have had policies in place and foundations in place on what kind of leadership the CEO needs to have at every level in the organization, then, and if they always gave them the tools to be that better leader, the better communicator, then I don't see any reason why the CEO couldn't have met with their, with his or her top lieutenants and say, here's the message I want sent to everybody. And it disseminate down to all the other leaders. If they have done their job to make sure the right leaders are in place, the same message would have been heard from the CEO to the lieutenants, from the frontline employee uh, managers to the employees. You're going to love this one, and everyone in human resources is going to love it as well. Mm-hmm. A Google recruiter said that he found out that he had been fired while in the middle of an interview last Friday. 
Dan Lanigan riot. I'm not laughing at him. Rebe- I'm not laughing at him. No, it's okay. You just did. And and own it. It's all right. Dan Lanigan Ryan stated on LinkedIn that he was interviewing a candidate when he uh, when the call was disconnected and he was locked out of his system. Quote, unfortunately, I was laid off by Google last Friday, along with thousands of other employees. I didn't expect it to end so abruptly with me being locked out of the system in the middle of an interview, according to his LinkedIn profile. It was a dream job with a dream company, according to the former Google employee. I landed a dream job with a dream company just over a year ago. I was walking the dog when my recruiter called to tell me that I got the job. I nearly choked the dog. With joy. (laughs) Okay, Mr. Ryan. All right, Mr. Ryan told Business Insider that he attempted to access an internal company website during the call last Friday, but was unable to do so. He claimed that shortly after losing access to the company website, his email was then also blocked. I was immediately shut out of everything. Then I saw on the news, 15 to 20 minutes later, The Google was laying off 12,000 people, according to Business Insider. Google announced last week that it will eliminate 12,000 jobs, despite the fact that layoffs had been rumored for months. They came as a surprise to some employees, namely a recruiter in the middle of an interview attempting to hire a new employee. Sundar Pichai, CEO of Google, stated that the cuts were made after careful consideration. We decided to cut... (laughs) 12,000 jobs from our workforce. We've already sent a separate email to affected employees of the United States. This process will take longer in other countries due to local laws and practices, Mr. Pichai said in a statement. Announcer voice aside, I want to unpack that. So the CEO says, Mm -hmm. Ricky, after careful consideration, we cut 12,000 people and we sent an email about it. Yet the recruiter... (laughs) In the middle of an interview, is locked out of everything to include mm-hmm. his email. Never got the email. It's not like they use the uh, the emergency call up system to use private email to contact them and say, "Hey, surprise, Bumblebee Tuna, you're out the door." <laughs> you know, <I'm> like, <laughs> Bumblebee Tuna, <laughs> work with me here, dissect this, unpack it, HR guru guy that cares about humans. Yeah, here here is here's the part that gets me about what you just said. That the emails went out to people without having a conversation. They were locked out without having a conversation. And some people found out they were laid off from the news. What about that screams after careful consideration? <laughs> Nothing. If that is their careful consideration, be careful when they don't care. Because that is absolutely ridiculous. They dropped the ball. They really dropped the the ball there. That is not how you lay people off. You've got to make sure you have a one-on-one con. A leader with the organization needs to have a one-on-one conversation with each and every employee. A company as big as Google and as with has so many resources, there's no reason why they should not be able to plan that. There really isn't. It's they dropped it. All right, you've been certified by HRCI. Mm-hmm. You, Ricky Bias, you've also yes. been certified by SHRM. You've gone to the universities. Um, you supported the collegiate programs of the online school you attended. Mm-hmm. That's right. The sports programs, that is. That's right. <laughs> great. I know. Great. I'm, I'm only kidding around a little bit. I did awesome. But look, all that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. They do have Fortnite teams at university now for online things, but that's neither here nor there. Where I'm going with this question, though, is when we think about the SHRM educational programs and the development package that SHRM offers, as well as what HRCI offers, and your desired intent to have more of a human factor, and we think about the debacle of letting go 12,000 employees and a potential SHRM or HRCI certified or, you know, some of this received education from university-type recruiter or HR person, um... Are there any courses at the simplest level through these certifying organizations or educational institutions that focus on the human aspect of HR? Hold on. Let me think here. Because this, this, this is a really tough one. Ah, here we go. There's a little organization called Biasco Learning. And this little organization. Shameless plug. <laughs> all right. No, I, I mean, come on. All right, get get through your shameless plug real quick. Is that a shameless plug? No, no, no. I do want to hone in. No, I know. I want to hone. Okay, go ahead about what you do. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Jesus Christmas. Yes. Biasco Learning. If you would like to know about being in compliance with human resources, Biasco, but just Biasco.com. Let us know. We'll get that taken care of for you. But what other areas did you want to see, JC, where you can get this information? All right. So to circle back to the exact question, because you didn't answer it. Mm-hmm. When we think about the university programs and we think about the HRCI certification and the SHRM certification, is there anything within the body of work that identifies care for the human in the human resource perspective in the HR space? Like all the things that you're talking about, what it takes to like not make the debacles of all this stuff that we've been talking about for 15 minutes. Is there anything that trains the HR person on what you're talking about as of right now? Aside from people your are, company and what you do. No, got it. People are start organizations are starting to become more aware about the, the, the empathy piece, about the emotional intelligence piece. So five years ago, five years ago, I bet you would not see nearly as nearly as much as all the empathy pieces and the uh, um, emotional intelligence training that HRCI and SHRM is pushing out right now. Is it part of the body of work to obtain Mm -hmm. the certification? Not from the one I have taken. There it is. That's what I wanted to know. That's what I'm talking about. So when we're talking about empathy, and we're talking about those other big terms that you just used, that detail emotions, what was the other one that you said? Emotional coddling? Emotional intelligence. Safe space petting? (laughs) There's more to that. There's more to that. So when you first take that test, when I took it about 15 years ago, there was no mention of it. But now every three years, you do have to recertify. And as you recertify, they throw in more types of credits you need to have. And that's how they they, uh, adjust it. So nowadays, if you're recertifying, you will see more of those um, uh, emotional intelligence pieces than you did before, whereas in the test, I don't know if you would see that in there now. All right, so when we're talking about like a certification workshop on emotional intelligence and emotional skills assessment process, uh, SHRM does provide that. It's 12 PDCs. It's a duration of two days. And the HR knowledge domain is specifically for people in organizations. Now, when we're thinking about these pop-out courses like that, like you said, it may not have been in the original body of work, Mm-hmm. For someone that was certified many years ago. And what we're talking about here, ladies and gentlemen, is business cases for EI, EI, emotional intelligence. How to build a business case, the neuroscience, domains of emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and self-awareness, personal vision, self-management, social awareness, relationship management, emotional skill assessment process and tools, and leadership styles. So SHRM PDPs, as time goes by, are these courses rolled up into the formal certification or do these always stand on the side? Both, actually. Okay. Both. So yeah. it's yeah. plausible. So it's plausible. When we're talking about the people that listen to this program, the people that you work with, the people that you network with, the people that I know as well, it's quite plausible that they may have been certified a long, long time ago in a world far, far away. And they've never ever ever done anything like take a certification workshop on emotional intelligence and they're well skilled mm -hmm. and in a senior leadership position within their organization am i wrong very plausible very plausible and it's also plausible that they've taken those certifications but the environment is doesn't let them exercise those skills okay go on Right. So it's which happens quite a bit. Right. When when you hire somebody for a particular set of skills that they have that you need that checks the box in your area, but you bring them on board and you put them in an environment that they're not allowed to show showcase those skills, then why would you hire that person to begin with? Or if you have an established leader, you send them to a specific training about a a particular subject just to check a box. They come back and you don't allow that person to to use the knowledge that they gain that you pay for. I've seen that happen quite a bit. So it's not more about the education being out there. It's it's also about the education being allowed to be used. It's about the education being allowed to be used. So an organization could pay for the course. An organization could say <laughs> they're making the investment in their people. And the organization would still not let that change take place. Uh, unfortunately, I have seen that. I have seen that. And then people ask them, why Why does the investigation so that, okay. spend the money on it? So so if you're the person that went and you got that certification or the extra training and stuff like that, and you want to bring it back to the <clears> workplace <throat> and you're being slapped down, you're pushing, 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 
and, and going on with this scenario, you could then be labeled a troublemaker. You could then be put off to the side and, and cut out of flying on the private jet or the C-suite activities. I've seen that happen, not the cut out the private jet or talk the, C- or the uh, activities. Talk but to no, me. Can I've you talk about that? Where, yeah, I can. Definitely can. It's, uh, this was at uh, county government. County government. It, it's, it's, that was an environment where you go in, Orange County, you go in with any uh, really good ideas to be more efficient with the organization, but because it breaks the mold of the status quo, they don't want to hear it. So what do you do? You just go in and do the uh, least amount possible before you get fired. And that's not me. That's not what I wanted to do. And that's why I left. Yeah, that was it. I'm unpacking that mentally. These programs, we run from one thing to the next to the next, but I'm intentionally laying in pregnant pause for everyone to think about what you just said. That's why you you just you left. Yeah. I I could easily have stayed there and put my feet up for 30 years, read the Wall Street Journal and get paid and get a pension. It is really easy to do that in that environment. And look, I, it's because other people are saying, oh, he's talking smack up his former employer. It's a reality. It's a reality. It, so I, I, I love my career. I love what I do so much that I just couldn't do that. So I decided to leave. And I did. And uh, I don't think I would be here right now. I don't think you and I would be here talking about this right now if it wasn't for that move that I made back then. I probably would still be there just counting my time to my pension. And that is the, one of the, one of the, the, a few organizations in the U.S. that still provides a pension to employees. Three Florida deputies have resigned amid an investigation into a sexual scandal in Orange County. An investigation by the Orange County Sheriff's Department showed Deputy Skyler Miller began a sexual relationship with a fellow deputy, Angel Mendoza. Later, Miller began a sexual relationship with her supervisor, Corporal Robert Garner, according to the report. Things going down in the O-Town. So, Skylar Miller and her supervisor, Robert Garner, both resigned after the internal investigation discovered that their drive cams and body cams turned off at the same time in the same location. When the investigators compared it to their timesheets, everything added up. After a comprehensive review of available records, witness testimony, and other required evidence, an investigation revealed the following. Quote, wrote the investigators, According to their sworn testimony, Corporal Garner and Deputy Miller met on multiple occasions in 2021 and 2022 and engaged in consensual sexual intercourse while on duty as sworn members of the Orange County Sheriff's Office. The locations ranged from Miller's home to a church and Disney Springs. Elements of their testimony were supported by evidence gathered. Again, drive cam records in particular. <coughs> Patrol cars in the same area turned off the body cams and the responders. When it's time to get down to business. Ricky Baez, back to you. I was with you. I was with you at first. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Look, so here's what happens there. At first... At first, my concern was like, oh, are they doing this in the office? Are they doing this on duty? But then, dude, if their cameras are coming off at the same time and their timesheets correlate that they're on break, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm assuming the department has a policy that says a supervisor cannot be in any kind of an intimate relationship with a subordinate. So there's one policy violation. And then until I heard towards the end when you said, yeah, they were doing that on duty. So, yeah. They 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 resigned because they knew the hammer was coming down. They were going to be fired. So that's happening a lot lately, or it's always been happening. And now we're just starting to see uh, the videos come out. Didn't a small town in Tennessee go through the same thing with one officer? Use your Everybody. magic computer box, your window to the world. If you want to go ahead, take a moment to get that pulled up. I'd be more yeah. than happy to yeah, pad to stand by. It's, uh, it was just big news in the OC that uh, kind of rose to the forefront. 
Wanted to bring this one to the table. It was actually a lead that was given to us by a devoted listener of the program. So big shout out uh, to the people that listen to HR Talk and for reaching out and putting your trust in us. Um, you are a confidential source that shall not be named, but you were not uh, revealing anything that wasn't already in the news. It was just uh, wanting to bring it to the table for these discussions. That's a really hard time, too, Ricky, when you, uh, you know, serve and defend. They're doing their due diligence. They're doing their job, and you're in charge of HR there. You're conducting that investigation. At some point, you know, how do you bring the level of humanity to that investigation and discovery? How do you have that chat? Hey, we have to let you go, but I understand your needs and wants. Here's my number. Something like that? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. So we're going to go towards the end of the investigation where it has to be determined they're guilty, and now I'm letting them go. And you want me to humanize that, right? Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. In this conversation, essentially, it's, look, um, we know you know what you're being investigated for. This is the point where I let you know what came out of that investigation. And uh, ABC happened, concluded. Uh, because of that, we are going to have to separate you from employment. And then I'll let that sink in for a second. Um, and I'll answer any questions later on. I'll let them know what the next steps are. I'm assuming in this situation, I've never been in HR for a police department per se. So I'm assuming you take away the most dangerous thing or the most dangerous weapon uh, tool they have. Their weapon was taken away at the beginning of the investigation. But you start the clearing out process straight to the point. You're not mean about it. You're not an ass about it. But you're not too chummy neither. Right. you got to let them know in a humane way exactly what is happening. It's, it, it's 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 as monotone like that. You can't be too apologetic. You can't be apologetic um, uh, either way, because you know it's they violated the policy. So you should you as a leader should not apologize for them violating policy and you having to discipline them. You should never have to apologize to that. So take us down to Tennessee. What'd you find? So in Tennessee, there is a uh, a Tennessee police department. That's right, the Tennessee police department. <laughs> a Tennessee police department was in turmoil at the, at the beginning of the year that allegations of at least five of his male officers had sex with a female officer both on and off the job. So this is a married police officer who apparently had sex in different places at their homes on duty. And obviously they found out about it. Everybody got fired. Here's the cool part, JC. Her husband is still standing by by her. No way, dude. It reminds me of <laughs> no uh, <way. laughs> reminds me a lot of the governors uh, that were ejected from office in New York State. We also had a president where their wife stood by them too. <laughs> That's true. Wow, That's true. It takes a lot. Yeah. No, no, no. I I commend those women for their strength <laughs> and their leadership in commanding that situation. Mm. Uh, that that does. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Hey, yeah, um, and- go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, because of this, she was, so now this officer was fired. So now because of this, now there's a strip club that's offering her $10,000 to, dude, I'm going to bring it up right now. Here, oh, here we go. Here we go. The officer's name, because I mean, because this is already out there, Megan Hall, Tennessee cop fired for sex romps with fellow officers, gets 10000 strip club offer. New York Post, January 29th. That's right. The Tennessee cop who was fired for having sex with six other officers while on duty has been offered 10K to perform for one night. Well, that's, that's just one night. That's not a contract. At, the, at a Nashville strip club, after hearing about the ex-cop Megan Hall shocking sexcapades, which included sending explicit pictures, taking off her tops, girls got wild style, and sleeping with colleagues and his wife, Deja Vu showgirls as Mary, 26-year-old, to take the stage. And I want to see if she said yes. It doesn't say she says yes. That's interesting. Anyway, but yeah, you know, uh, her life's changed. The, the other cops, now they're going to have a hard time finding a, 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 another job as a police officer. But uh, with Megan, she's going to have offers like this. And it, who knows, maybe OnlyFans would have a deal with her. 
So What's that? we'll see. But you don't know what OnlyFans is? No. Sure. Okay. So this is her life's change for the better. Good for her, I guess. <laughs> I don't know about the other officers, but from an HR point of view, they did exactly what they should have done. Conduct an investigation, and once they uh, once you see that everything's conclusive, just let him go. The world of artificial intelligence is taking over. What is ever going to happen next? So, ChatGPT recognizes patterns to generate human-like responses, making it ideal for repetitive HR tasks like writing job descriptions. ChatGPT, an artificial intelligence-based chatbot developed by OpenAI, fooled HR specialist at Schwa, a communications and consulting services firm. The program applied for a job and performed better on a test assignment than 80% of applicants. And... As a result, the HR department at the company wanted to meet with him in person and invited him to an interview. But ChatGPT can't come to an interview. It's a computer. (laughs) In fact, Schwab founder Neil Taylor wanted to use ChatGPT to test his HR team and an AI-based recruiting software to see if they would recognize the app and to see if the app, powered by an AI rather than a human, could write a motivation letter and essay well enough for HR to recognize him as a person and invite him to an interview. And look, according to Business Insider, the job seeker test, which included ChatGPT, was get, uh, which included uh, ChatGPT, was given the task of describing the secrets of good writing in 300 words. So ChatGPT stated in the assignment that the secret to good writing is simple: tell a good story. AI also wrote an essay in the style of American writer and copywriter Dave Trott following Neil Taylor's instructions. Only one out of every five applicants made it through the selection process and was chosen for a personal interview with Taylor. And ChatGPT was one of them because, according to Taylor, ChatGPT was more qualified than any other applicant working for his company or hoping to work for his company. Now, Business Insider's Beatrice Nolan decided to replicate Taylor's experiment with ChatGPT. She wrote two motivation letters for the jobs of social media assistant and clerk, then asked two HR professionals to assess them. Both stated that the letters lacked personality, but both stated that the authors of these letters would most likely be interviewed because they pass. The world of HR caring for humans being yeah, duped right? by computers. <laughs> Ricky Baez, back to you. I mean, we talked about this in the last episode when we were testing it. Maybe on your other we- show. I mean, we really didn't get into it. We just, uh, like, tertiary talked. Come on, man. Let's dig. Dig deep. Okay. Dig. <laughs> yeah. So, we, yeah. So, look, people are afraid that this thing is going to take their jobs. I mean, this this story is proof. I got a buddy of mine who's a copywriter and he is terrified about this. And what I'm telling him is don't 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 be afraid of it. Just learn how to use it. Become his best friend and just use it to your advantage. Because yes, there it, it's it is really intuitive and is really smart and how it articulates itself. But wow, man, it, it it's you still have something missing there that you have to add to it. Now it's 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 going to come a time where that that need is going to go away and you're not going to tell the difference between a human being and whatever this chat GPT is if it has a face by then. But man, just Google as much uh, YouTube as much as you can, learn from it as much as you can because this thing will be a part of of working business going forward and you just might as well get used to it and learn it now because that is going to become a skill. So, folks, get ready. Whether you like it or not, it's here. It, it just worries me because I'm, I want to be able to know if I'm talking to a human being or a computer and not being able to tell the difference is something that is going to worry me later on. What do you think? I've got more to the story for you. I'm actually uh, oh, shoot. Shoot. trying Go to ahead. get it ready. It's just going to take one more moment, but I have a question for you <laughs> before I do. Um, Go ahead. Fighting this would be equivalent to fighting the calculator. Would that be right? I, I say I say that's accurate. 
I say that that's an accurate comparison. Yeah, because you know, the calculator just does everything faster for you. Obviously, this is the same principle, but this is more intuitive, right? Because a calculator, you just enter an algorithm and it gives you back an answer to that algorithm, because that's what that is. But when you ask it to write you an employee handbook in a rap song that's sung by Dave Chappelle, and it thinks about it. And it gives you that tell that that it's thinking. I mean, it, it gives you the impression that it's thinking. Now, obviously, it is because it's pulling information on what it was trained to do. And based on the information that we correct it to or don't correct it to that we say this is correct, it's going to continue with it and it's going to continue to learn. And it's uh, yeah, it's coming, folks. <laughs> so that letter that we were just talking about, here's a portion of that letter. Quote, the secret to good writing is simple. Remember the 300-word letter that ChatGPT yeah. wrote to, to beat it? Okay, so yeah. here, here's here's a segment there. Quote, The secret to good writing is simple. Tell a good story. At its core, writing is about communication and connecting with your audience. And the best way to do that is by telling a story that resonates with them. Good writing is about more than just stringing together a bunch of words and hoping they'll stick. It's about creating a narrative that engages the reader and makes them want to keep turning the pages. Mm. It's about using language to paint a vivid picture in the reader's mind and using structure to guide them through the story. End quote. That was written by ChatGPT. So look, moving forward, you could definitely see a spot in the HR space where this is going to completely disrupt your world. Recruiting. The tool's ability to read and evaluate content quickly is going to allow talent acquisition teams to evaluate an entire batch of job applicants much more quickly and fairly, believe it or not, and thus identify top candidates who human evaluators may have missed due to human bias or other factors. Compensation pay and equity is the next one up. But before I go there, Ricky Baez, your thoughts on recruiting and chat GPT and AI in general. Recruiters, just you should be using it right now. It 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 really cuts down your marketing time and anything any advertising you have to write. It's as simple as asking it, write me a a a an advertisement to recruit an engineer, and it will write it for you. Oh, you just have to massage it a little bit, cutting a lot of time off your your creative process. It's a it's a it's it's a pretty cool tool for recruiters. Compensation and pay equity. ChatGPT will be used for its predictive power in determining the impact of pay practices on the business. The moment someone requests a raise or makes an offer, this is going to cause pay equity issues down the road. Yep. Employee wellness and safety. Imagine a world, a scenario where ChatGPT could assess a worker seeking assistance for personal problems and determine whether that employee poses an even greater risk of harm to themselves or others based on email, online searches, and everything that goes into that individual. Which is actually intriguing, because if you think of the, uh, you know, on website verifications where uh, you got to go through the CAPTCHA process, and you click that, and it says, pick out all the bicycles or stairs. And you're like, oh, crap, the tire's on the edge. Maybe one extra square, right? It's not about that test. What that When you check that box, when you go to take that test, the you're allowing the interface to take a look at your computer and analyze everything that you've been doing to determine whether or not you're human. <laughs> is that what that is? That's what that is. You're allowing it to read your browser history, look into your computer, do all these things. The fact that you're doing the menial task of selecting the things is secondary. Interesting, right? So when you think about that in regards to uh, chat GPT or AI utilization and employee wellness and safety and the aggregation of emails and online searches for uh, determining whether or not someone there could be a greater risk of harm to themselves or others, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, the next yeah. one here, uh, Ricky, ChatGPT, it can instantly create job descriptions or write up company policies that yep. can be easily updated and disseminated in real time. And as laws or rules related to those policies change, you're going to need to make a shift in that real quick. You know, sometimes uh, you're taking a process that's four to eight weeks long with multi layers of uh, approval, and re- you could reduce that down to uh, a 24 hour time span if need be. 
The tool's ability to perform these simple tasks has already sparked speculation that HR departments will be under pressure to downsize as robots take over tasks that no longer require humans. And again, this is JC chiming in from the HR Talk podcast with a little personal experience from the broadcast industry. I do understand there's going to be desire to do that, but I highly implore the leaders that are out there listening to this program and partaking in these discussions to consider upskilling and restaffing your people that are in HR. If you're That's thinking right. about sending them out the door, turn them into uh, process champions of ChatGPT. Turn them into valued assets uh, that are sprinkled throughout the organization and other areas. Don't let that uh, knowledge base walk out the door. That's all I'm saying. You're, you're, you're 100% right, JC. And, and look, and if you're an employee who feels that this is going to happen, showcase those skills. That's why I said earlier, download, watch as many YouTube hours as you can on this because it's uh, this is going to be something that's going to be in everybody's hands or, or at least in everybody's uh, computer at work. And you just have to get to know it because if you don't, it's going to leave you right. It, it's the difference between dial-up and cable, um, a high-speed internet. It's 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 that much of a difference. So Chat GPT free for all to use through open AI. You go there, the you moment. check it out, you do its whole thing, it will continue to be free and be integrated into the Microsoft uh product line. However, they are launching a professional arm of the entire thing. It's gonna cost forty two dollars a month and uh Microsoft is investing ten billion dollars into open AI and gonna integrate that into all your products that uh you use. PowerPoint, Word, Outlook, everything in between. So professional versions, licensing at $42. It's going to make sure that you don't have any blackout times or throttling. Uh, you'll be able to use it on a unlimited basis. And it's unsure as to whether or not the responses will be better. Uh, it's believed that maybe the open version, this is opinion right now, is believed that the open mm-hmm. version might be more for uh, testing regulation and, and getting people used to the tool where the professional version is definitely uh, the highly tuned machine. So ChatGPT does charge $42 for the professional plan. You can still use a free plan the way you've been using thus far, but that professional plan lets you expand the capabilities of the AI chatbot, mm-hmm. faster responses, and priority access to new features across the board as of January 22nd, 2022. So Microsoft is going to make out like a fat cat in this one because they were the ones who initially gave them the capital to get this going uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, so, yeah, Microsoft is going to have a, a hand at this. But now that this came out, Google is looking to I don't know how they're going to do this without any type of patent violation. But Google is going to try to get something similar to be, you know, just place in the uh, in the in their ecosystem, right? So Google might be replaced by ChatGPT later on. We don't know. It's too early to tell. But right now, Microsoft has the reins on it, and they're about to cash in big time with this one. Anything else from your perspective on ChatGPT and this topic before we move forward? Please, take your time. I, I said a lot. Nothing that we haven't already killed. <laughs> so yeah, it's happening. That's it. <laughs> The value and the insights that Ricky Baez brings to the table on this program is absolutely unbelievable. You're very welcome. This is where I'm just allowing you a chance to say anything else before I move forward, though. For real. You're no, good? no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good, brother. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Current events this week is brought to us in part by no one. This is educational and informational. No, no one paid Only. for this. We are not nope. making any informa- uh, making any dollars off uh, <laughs> the recording of this program. So our first story for you comes to us directly from Sherm. Sherm marks 75 years of leading workplace change. The world's largest HR organization has reflected on achievements in workplace policy, business leadership, and human capital. Over the past 75 years, we've worked together to positively impact the world by creating better workplaces, said Johnny C. Taylor Jr., Sherm SCP, Sherm's president and chief executive officer. We have lobbied for equal pay, pushed and discriminatory hiring practices, spotlighted the growing mental health epidemic, mm-hmm. and provided research and resources to the entire HR community. 
Our certifications, both the Sherm CP and Sherm SCP, have grown to be the most credible and world-renowned. I am immensely proud of the work that we've done with our members, community and employees, stakeholders and partners to drive change in the world of work. But we are not done. In 2023 and beyond, Sherm will continue to stand at the forefront of the evolution of work. Serving our members and the workers of the world, while we celebrate the advances that we have made, we are acutely aware of the strides we must continue to make as we work to create better workplaces. Johnny C. Taylor Jr., Sherm SCP, President and Chief Executive Officer, commenting on 75 years of Sherm leading workplace change. Mm. Ricky Baez, back to you. So that's the push that I'm starting to see. Uh, actually, I started to see late last year with uh, Sherm and the organization and leadership. It's about the wellness piece. Now, I, it's it's I've been looking for that for ages. Obviously, the reason for that these days is post-pandemic. What's been happening with everything? People coming into the workforce right now who's never seen a workforce where they had to go into an office, and people seeing that big transition. And it, it's it just it really uplift uprooted a lot of lives and so obviously hr a lot of that falls on their shoulders because they have their own issues their their uh their organization's issues and all these laws that are changing left and right i applaud sherm this year focusing on the wellness of employees on the wellness of hr folks i wish it would have been done earlier but i do see a big push happening this year and i'm happy for it because they were johnny c taylor was just here in orlando about a week ago and the whole idea of that conference i like that guy i really do i've seen him speak he he's he's a really good motivational speaker i think he's a fantastic leader and I, i look forward to the day that he steps outside of sherm and runs for office really yeah Ah, I never saw him for that. Okay. Reposition your thoughts and think about that real quick on the fly here. What do you think? Yeah. I see it happening. I do see it happening, but I wonder, I don't think anybody else is, because we would see it from an HR perspective, right? He, He might run on that platform of the emotional piece and the empathetic piece, but that's only going to adhere to what, 30% of the country? <laughs> Nobody else is going to go for that. But I can see him go that route because he is, I like I like the information he puts out there. I like the leadership he's providing now. I can't say the same thing before because before I felt like Sherm was more focused on money than anything else and is slowly going the other way now. So, yeah, I like him. I'm going to see him again in April. Um, actually, uh, yeah, um, I just confirmed I'm going to be speaking at uh, Jacksonville Sherm Annual Conference at the end of April, and Johnny C. Taylor is also our keynote speaker there. So I'll see him there as well, and we'll see what kind of message he sends then. All right, so uh, let's let's finish that contract, Ricky Baez. You're supposed to have me by your side to announce you coming on stage as my only job. I think we could work out a nominal fee for that. As long as you get me down there and and like, literally, I don't want to emcee the conference. They've got their big names. They're doing their big things. But let me announce you coming to the stage with a good music (laughs) intro. Okay. You work that out and let me know. That would be awesome. Well, then make it happen. Speaker that brings his own announcer. (laughs) Exactly. Make it happen. I'm saying I I will do this. (laughs) All right. And the fact that you didn't think about that yet kind of hurts my emotions a little, but that's fine. We're over that. It's okay. Yeah, we're over that. Cross yeah. that bridge now. You have an opportunity. Bring out the knife hand and make that happen, Ricky Baez. I'll talk to, I'll talk to the leadership. Talking about Sherm. They've got their six people management trends for 2023. And even with employees' well-being in mind, the manager will have a difficult job moving forward. Uh, they're looking at more hybrid work schedules to be implemented. Many industries will continue to use hybrid work schedules because 40% of workers want to work only two or three days a week, believe it or not. What do you think about that one? Why? Oh, that gets me. Because I still talk to organizations who believe employees should be in the office. And it is a management trend. It's a trend. It is. Oh, very much so. Very much so. And it's one of those things that... You know, I keep telling leaders, the stove is hot. Don't touch it. Hey, employees are going to want this. Don't mess with it. 
And what's going to happen is they're going to be in a situation where it's going to be too late for them to hop on that flexibility train. And by then, their employer, employee labor brand has been tarnished. The second prediction is professional development is still the most important factor. Professional Mm. development helps businesses prepare for economic uncertainty. Managers will teach the people they already have how to run the business rather than hiring new employees. Ah. Training helps employees stay on the job. And according to Workplace Intelligence, a Boston-based research firm, 83% of workers say that learning new skills is their top goal for 2023. And according to the study, 74% of workers would quit their jobs if they could learn new skills and advance their careers more easily. I agree. I agree 100% because here's what happens, JC. If you bring somebody from the outside who has the skill set that you're looking to teach your employees, you still have to figure out how to make sure the employee engages in the new culture and learns the manners of the organization. That's why it's almost better to train from within. The third trend on their list here, employees want a variety and a sense of purpose in their jobs. Mm. They want something that transcends money and keeps the company and its employees moving towards making a better world and a more sustainable workplace. Purpose will continue to be important for hiring and retaining employees because people want to know what the company stands for and where it fits. Now, according to that same survey out in Massachusetts, 83% of Gen Z candidates consider a company's commitment to diversity and inclusion before accepting the job offer after they've eaten their Tide Pods. Back to you. (laughs) No, they did not say that. I added the last part. (laughs) Please do not eat Tide Pods. Yeah, Gen Um, Z, put the Tide Pod down. That's not what I said. I said according general, to Ricky Baez. No, I don't think so. Do not eat Todd uh, Pods, Gen Z, <laughs> at the workplace. Don't do that. No, it, it's look agreed. It, they are they are on a roll here with what the future of work is going to look like. And yes, whereas baby boomers back in the day, the sense of purpose wasn't necessarily there as the loyalty was. Right now, loyalty is more tied to sense of purpose. So if they feel like their organization is going into a matches their moral compass and they understand what their job, how their job affects that bottom line, they're going to be more apt to stay than jump somewhere else. Recalibrate your moral compass, according to Ricky. All right. The next one on the list here is pay will become more clear. By 2022, 17 states in the United States required employers to disclose salary information to job applicants. And according to some research, new pay transparency laws in Washington and California will affect 20% of U.S. workers by 2023. And according to Monster, 98% of employees want to know how much they make. It will be a trend in 2023, according to Sure, And the amazing writer of this article that I'm paraphrasing from Lisa Rabaska Ropi. Ricky, continue. What are your thoughts on pay transparency? You know, it's now that obviously there are laws in place that force organizations to to just communicate uh, pay ranges. But, JC, your state cracks me up. New York really, really cracks me up. I saw a, a couple of stories, no, a story about a, a couple of businesses in New York, I guess, fighting back the, uh, against this uh, this rule that they have to clearly cl- communicate the pay ranges and job postings. And they went ahead and put whatever the minimum wage is up to like $5 billion. That's right. <laughs> they mean, put a pay range up. They they really did, right? But it just, I, I don't know how that's fighting back, but... Um, Dude, just yeah. Put it, it was out there. Uh, December twenty first of twenty uh, two thousand twenty two. Uh, Governor Frau Hochul signed New York State's compensation transparency mm-hmm. bill into law, yeah. making New York the fourth state to enact wage transparency requirements for job postings. And she does have plans to ban gas stoves. So that's you know neither here nor there. She's all over the board. <laughs> okay. A lot going on. Uh, the fifth thing that they have on the list there is mental and financial health. They're going to be re- yep. remaining top priorities. And then the last one of the list is more people who work with children are going to be needed moving into 2023. What? Yeah. Since the pandemic, more people are caring for elderly parents or disabled relatives. And according to the writer of the article, caregivers are the fastest growing occupation right now, believe it or not. Aside from 7-Eleven workers and garbage men. Wow, that's 
I didn't know that was a thing. So because of the pandemic, caregiver, the demand for caregiving has increased that much. Interesting. It's time for Florida Man Stories. Florida Man Stories. Ricky, should we continue this uh Yes. This topic. Are you yes. sure? I know I know where you're going. Go for it. All right. Here comes the first one, ladies and gentlemen. A uh, according to state lottery officials, a Florida man won one million dollars from a scratch off lottery ticket moments after someone caught him in line at Publix. It's been a long day. I was exhausted, had to stop at Publix and was about to purchase a ticket from the machine when a man cut in front of me. He then won millions of dollars. One million. Ricky, back to you. Not what I was expecting, but okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, so wait a minute. So is the is the guy Matt, what's the guy doing? Is he upset? Why did he allow the person to cut in front of him then? The story doesn't say. But uh to what's claim the, the winnings the <laughs> uh the uh the person that won opted for the one time lump sum of eight hundred twenty thousand dollars. Uh they plan to use the uh the money towards their family home. And the Publix in Delray Beach is going to get a $2,000 commission. The person they cut in line uh, isn't getting anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Compelling storytelling. I love it. Hey, man, that's uh, that's coming to us directly from some of those NBC stations and news publications down there in Florida. Educational information. <laughs> you got to love this stuff. It is what it is. Florida man won the lottery, but there was a lot going on there, and things didn't go as expected. Cape Coral, Florida. Saturday in Cape Coral, the line between night and day was blurred. The last call had come and gone, and the lingering crowd was dispersing. Even though the clock had passed at 3 a.m., the street outside the establishments was buzzing with activity. Could you please go over there and take care of that guy? A random citizen approached the patrol car, concerned that a half-naked man would disrupt the evening's festivities. He spit in the face of my friend and ran around grabbing, uh, grabbing people. As another man swiping spit from his face confirmed the act of aggression, police arrived on the scene to assess the situation. Kyle Schwankweiler Schwankweiler was among those saying their goodbyes or waiting for their ride. The Auburndale man was acting as the cluster of people's self-imposed mayor at the time, wrapping his arms around many and more of an embrace of support than political endeavor. Officers took note of his clothing, which included his pants hanging to expose his boxers. <laughs> there were no shoes. There was no shirt. There was a clear evidence of over-service. And according to the arrest report, Kyle had a strong odor of alcoholic beverage coming from his body. Officers attempted to question the visibly inebriated Schunkweiler. But he became enamored with a swarm of women and stumbled away without his pants. The Cape Police Department quickly discovered that not only was Kyle from Polk County, but there was a, a no one nearby to remove him from the scene. So officers placed him on a bench to help him gather his thoughts. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Um, according to the report, bystanders began to stop and observe, and Schunkweiler soon turned his attention to the onlookers. Uh, Be careful. Don't get beaten up, he yelled to the crowd 50 feet away. Don't get your... Um, Private parts caught on a pony. He was what? inherently talking about random things and then <laughs> moved into incoherent threats. It all started with the respondent officers. Uh, they demanded the man. Uh, Shonkweiler demanded a wrestling match with the officers and even requested that the police punch him. Kyle turned wow. to the live viewing audience for a challenge after they turned down his request and stated that he would fight anyone there and mess them up. EMS arrived to check on Schonkweiler after his fall. Threats continued, and he twisted his body, puffed out his chest, and demanded that someone challenge him. Are you all set to go? He inquired of the doctor who was there to help him. All right, let's go. Officers literally had to physically push Schonkweiler back into a seated position. However, his hurling of obscenities and requests for combat did not stop. He was charged with disorderly <laughs> conduct after being arrested and attempting to fight everyone on the scene. <laughs> It is unclear whether or not he still has a job after his name was published in the papers, and we don't know what he does for a living. Ricky, buys back to you. 
It almost felt like this segment of HR Talk was sponsored by Four Loco. It's kind I don't of, know why that... It's kind of funny, though. You go to 7-Eleven <laughs> and you see nothing but White Claws and Four Loco everywhere now. You know Generation has moved on, you know? <laughs> what are you going to do? Oh, Four Loco. Wow. I mean, again, only in Florida. That's why I love this state. I'm not leaving this state because we have a lot of a lot of great things to appreciate, including lovely Florida man stories like that. So, Ricky, by it's time for final thoughts. Final thoughts over to you, please. Final thoughts, folks. Look, a lot of layoffs are happening and more are coming. And when more, when all these layoffs are just continue to come, just remember, folks, that same drive that helped you get that job to begin with, it's going to get you another one. So just hang in there. Trust me, hang in there. It will get better. You heard it here first from Ricky Baez. Plan to be fired by him soon. That's not true. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm at kidding. <laughs> not true at all. Not true at all. Hey, thanks for tuning in. HR Talk. I'm JC. That's Ricky Baez. Hope you enjoyed the show. Educational, informational. Not for profit. We don't make a dime off the recording no. of this program. We appreciate Ew. your support and look forward to having you back to uh, talk with us in the future. Take care. We hate money. Drive safe. Have a good night. I'm picking strawberries today. <laughs>